Nice. And here we are, another episode of Am I Making Sense? I'm very happy to have with me the very funny, very entertaining Johnny Pena. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Thank it's good you, to boss. have you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been meaning to s- sit down and chit-chat with you because yours is an interesting background. Yeah. I don't think a lot of comics can say they have the kind of background <laughs> that you have. I don't think a lot of people can say Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so I'll just go over what I know, just through both <coughs> your stage act and then, uh, you know, through the social media, as we all kind of know a little bit about each other. So you're a former law enforcement officer. Yep. Uh, you have uh, two children. Three. Three children, and you are also a part-time fighter, kickboxer. Yep. How do you jump from that lifestyle, those activities, to on stage with a mic talking about dicks, shit, and everything else that we cover as comedians? Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, my, my comedy, for those who have heard my comedy, I use, I talk a lot about my family, about my yeah. kids, and, and stuff like that. I think that's just, it's just easy, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I'm uh, with you. It's almost like low, low-hanging fruit, Yeah. you know, and, and it's a way to get people to relate. Um, yeah, you know, coming from law enforcement, when I first decided to to get into comedy, um, I did it on a bet, like on a like on a dare. Like somebody's like, "Hey, dude, you tell good stories," you know, because I'd be sharing stories at work. They're like, "You should go say it on stage," you know. So I went to Rooster Teeth Feathers, oh, you know, at nice. the open mic night, yeah, 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 you know, August sixteenth, two thousand sixteen. Okay, you know, and just went up there and did four minutes of just I don't even know, remember what I was talking about. Yeah, probably yeah. nothing relevant. You right, know? right. And uh, I remember being terrified. Absolutely yeah. terrified. Well, the lights are bright at Rooster Tees, too, for yeah. the first time. And it was actually packed, you know? And oh, so wow. I was like, when I remember, like, right before I was supposed to go up, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to go up on stage and do this right now. Yeah. Uh. And I was, like I said, I was terrified. Well, I'm addi- I got addicted to that. Okay. That scared feeling, you know, because yes. not being in law enforcement anymore, I don't get that adrenaline rush. And so... I got that adrenaline rush. I went on stage. It was fine. Some people laughed. I got off. I was like, this is what I have to do. Yeah. Like, this is this is the little missing puzzle piece, you know? I, I was just talking with uh, my guest last week was on, and I said that that is whatever happens the moment your foot gets on stage is a very addictive thing. Yeah. I don't know if I would call it a chemical addiction, but it's definitely a process addiction. It's an addiction of some sort or, an or another. And I would imagine, again, like you said, you touched on it, you're in law enforcement, so you have a lot of, crazy mo- or many crazy moments probably every day is crazy but then you're also a fighter which is like i don't know if that's a similar feeling yeah. how would you contrast compare getting in the ring versus getting on stage uh, it's it's like the same thing you know i mean okay you know you know what to expect yeah. it's gonna go two ways people are gonna laugh or they're not yeah you're gonna get punched in the face or you're not yeah. you know you're gonna win or you're gonna lose yeah and it's like the same thing in comedy you're fighting yourself and the crowd right yeah, and 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 in in fighting when you're kickboxing, you're fighting another person. Yeah, you know. So at the end of the day, there's a there is a winner and there's a loser. Yeah, you know. And and it's like when you're doing comedy, and and you're you're starting you're sensing that it's starting to go to shit. Yeah, you know. And maybe you're starting to bomb a little bit, and then at some point you pull them all back in. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, I got them. Yeah. You know. And then you can just kind of. Tick, 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 and, yeah. and, and plug away the rest of your stuff. But you have to find a way to, to grab grab a hold of their minds, you know. And the way I describe comedy is like, you know, if you do, let's say, the improv, mm-hmm. 
and let's say there's 200 people there. Yeah. Every single one of those 200 people have a different sense of humor. And you're finding them on a singular moment. You're catching them. You're getting them all to agree on one thing. Yeah. And, and, and it's something that you said. You know, so you, you're, you're winning in their mind. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you're winning their mind over it. Yeah. You know, to me, it's like the purest form of telepathy. You know, to That's where like point. you're actually controlling their thought. Yeah. They might not find it funny, but the way you said it, they find it funny. Yeah. You know, so, and then like with it, so with fighting, it's like the same thing. Like you go in, you get in the ring, maybe you start losing, maybe yeah. you're starting to get your ass kicked a little bit. Yeah. And then something happens, it turns around. Yeah. And then you win, you know, or you get knocked out. Right. <laughs> you know, you bomb, you know, and then you walk off the stage, you go, okay, I got to do something different. You go back to the drawing board and, uh, you know, you, you correct stuff. Yeah. Fix it. You're always learning. Right. Fighting for me is like you're always learning. And I've been doing it for a long time. I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, and comedy is the same thing. I've only been doing it for three years, but I don't know shit about comedy. It's yeah. Like yeah. Every time I get up there, I'm like, oh, that, you know, that worked here, but it didn't work there. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell a joke in San Francisco and it's crickets. Yeah. You tell it in L.A. and people die. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Well, I did notice that night we were on the same lineup. You did have command. That crowd could have gone either way. So one thing I would say, I'm obviously, I've never been in law enforcement, um, and I'm so new to comedy. But I do have, and I think everyone has this. It's just, it's not. I'm not bragging about this sense, but I kind of do have a sense of when a crowd is starting to go sideways, yep. and things might get a little chippy. And I felt like that night, it could have gone that way. But there were a few techniques, and I'm forgetting the specifics of it, and we don't need to rehash anything. But where you were kind of like pulling them back in, yep. and then you were in the crowd. And then you were back out on stage, and then you were in the crowd again, and then you were doing some call-outs to some people that you could tell were kind of like, I don't know, getting restless or something. They, they look difficult. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, I, like, I like that. Like, you know, for me, like, in, in the way that I grew up is the people that are, are quiet or don't like to joke around yeah. and they seem very serious, yeah. those are the ones I poke a little bit more. Oh, uh, right? okay. Like, yeah, yeah. you kind of want to see, like, yeah, what's yeah. The, what are they about? You know, interesting. And so when you get those people in the crowd, and I'm sure you've seen it, you know, the person that's sitting right up front with their arms folded. Yeah. They're not laughing at shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to get you like my yeah. goal. I don't care if anybody else in that whole place laughs. My goal is to make that person smile. You go for the tough, cu tough. Cookie. I want that tough cookie. I want to crack yeah. that nut. You interesting. Know? And and if you get them, you it like it's like throwing a pebble in the water. Yeah. It just spreads out, right? The rings, right? Yeah. Those yeah, rings yeah. spread out. Yeah. It's it, to me it's like contagious, you know, laughter's contagious. You get that person to laugh. Yeah. You know, um, it seems to do that. And I remember doing a show one time in um Los Banos at uh at a at a brewery. Okay. And there was a table and there was like some hardcore, you know, thuggy looking Mexican guys okay. there. Yeah. And they weren't laughing at shit. Yeah. At nobody. They're too cool for school. Too cool to laugh. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to either make them laugh yeah. or make them want to fight me. Yeah. I got them to laugh. You know, I just started making fun of them. And and, 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 and it worked. And it worked. You know, it could have went either way. Uh, did you like divide and conquer where you go, okay, this guy looks like he'll probably laugh at himself first? Or or was it a situation you hit them all with some kind of thing? No, I was looking for the leader, right? Because they, like, uh, they would all look to like one to see if he was going to laugh. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to get that guy. That's the guy I got to get right there. It's you know? It was a classic uh, Darwinian hierarchy yeah. at play. Chimpanzees. Yeah. Man, <laughs> you know, we're all chimpanzees. <laughs> to me, and I tackle it like law enforcement, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to go talk to some guys, some gang members, I'm not yeah. going to talk to the little low-level poo butt. Yeah, I want to yeah. talk to the main guy. That's the guy I want to get information from. 
Yeah. You know, because that's the guy that I'm going to earn his respect okay. so that he gives me what I want to know. Yeah. That's how I deal with it. So uh, you have, I think you already have a foundation for certain, for a lot of uh, comedy stage performing scenarios given the law enforcement background probably, right? Because you understand group psychology and then also you're not going to be intimate. So for instance, let's flip this. So, um, you know, a, a guy like me in a place <laughs> like Los Banos yeah. and thug looking dudes, I'm not saying shit. Right. Because unless I say the funniest fucking thing at the perfect time, most likely it's going to end up with me getting my face beat in, right? Uh. But you got that sense of, okay, well, number one, I know how, you, you knew that. You knew going in, like, I'm looking at their eyes, and I know they're looking for a leader. Uh, but then on top of that, I also can handle myself because I'm a, I'm a fighter and whatnot. So you think that's all cu- coming together to be able to make you stronger on stage? I mean, I, at the end of the day, yeah, I'm not really worried about somebody wanting to beat me up, yeah. you know? Um, but... On like you know, for you on your end, I've seen comics do very well at picking on people that could obviously beat the shit out of them. I see it all the time too. You know, yeah, and it does well. Yeah, it does well. You just have to have that confidence to say like, oh well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, if I'm performing with you, I won't let you get your ass kicked. Yeah, you yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I don't know if you noticed, but when we performed in Hollister that night, yeah, there was a guy in the very, very back that yeah. had a ponytail. And was just oh. standing there sipping a beer. He didn't laugh at shit. Interesting. He didn't laugh at shit until I walked over there and started calling them out. You know. Oh, I knew the crowd. I know the crowd. Yeah. Yes, I know the one you're talking yeah. about. And yeah. So yeah, once yeah. I started calling his friends out. Yeah. Well, that he's laughing at them. So it's funny. Well, that's when that's when I noticed that the whole thing turned around and the room started getting this good. This is when you went to like that corner. Glowing, right? Yes. That difficult corner. That's exactly and right. It was, then after that, it was like the room was breathing. Yeah. You know what I mean? The yeah, room yeah. was on fire. I know exactly what you mean. So, yeah. That, it, that's, sometimes it works out great. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. But yeah. I'm up f- I, like the ch- I like that challenge. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a very competitive person. Um, extremely competitive. Yeah. Which is why I do so many like s- different activities. Yeah. And so when I, when I get into a situation like that, I have to feel like I can beat those people by making them laugh. Yeah, that's just that's just my nature. I'm I have a very addictive personality and a very competitive personality. I think comedians, just my assessment over the last year, we we have to be compulsive and we have to be uh, to some extent addictive because you're literally changing two or three words in a joke over the span of three to six months. You know, there's some joke. Most of my jokes I start with, I'm with you. I don't really remember my original sense. For the first three months, I know I was writing stuff down, but I was getting up, and I don't think I was thinking about cohesive stories with hits in it. It was just, like, white knuckle holding on, just talking for the five minutes. But I would say after three months, I have some stuff in my material that it's been there, and I'm constantly, well, what if I flip this around? What if I flip that around? And I I think most people it would drive them nuts. So I do think there is a characteristic in the stand-up comic that has to be compulsive yeah. to yeah. an extent. And I still tell uh, three of my first original, like, three jokes. Okay. They're a lot different. They're so much longer. Okay. And, and there's so many different, like, avenues that I take people down. Yeah. Because um, I've added to it so much. Um, but... Yeah, they've been a work in progress. And t- even now when I say it, something will happen on stage where I just change it off the whim. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep that. Yeah, that's happened to me quite a few times. 
where something just poof pops in your head and you say it and then it works and you go okay well i, I didn't have that angle going into the set but now yeah. i think that angle is going to stay yeah and we're going to try and keep it um you were talking about uh low-hanging fruit with the family i find it the same way so i honestly i don't think i could have done comedy i got into comedy after having children already and watching them is so fucking hilarious that on any given day you can end up with five minutes whether or not it's a good five minutes you know yeah that you could always debate on that but there's so much funny shit coming um from just watching kids goof around or the shit they do or their take um on the world so do you um what what are your kids are they into the fact that you're doing comedy or are they yeah. something like dad don't use us in your comedy no or they get a kick out of it do they know? okay and, and you know i i make fun of them okay um and so they get a kick out of it my son gets kicked out of it. you know i'm always making fun of him about jacking off and stuff because he's you know he's 16 years old that's like that's like the the top level of his life right now you know is yeah and so kleenex stocks go up yeah and so i, I talk about it on 16. stage and i've done it with him there you know okay. taking them to shows and yeah, yeah they have a great sense of humor both of them yeah. have a great sense of humor they're both they both could literally be better comics than me if they okay. wanted to because uh you know everybody in my household is very quick-witted quick-tongued you know a yeah, lot yeah. of ripping a lot of lot of jabs at each other yeah you know? and it happens daily yeah where they jab at me i jab at them it's like that at home with my parents yeah everybody's picking on each other you know yeah if you show up with like um, wearing something different they're gonna uh, make fun of you the yeah. first thing for walking in there like oh look at this guy wearing this shirt yeah. who does he think he is and they'll make fun of you so you gotta have thick skin right yeah so yeah uh, you know i i like the aspect of using my kids i they because my kids are teenagers and I've gone through all the years of stuff with them. And now, you know, my daughter's, she's going to be 18. My son's 16. You know, I got, I mean, years and years and years worth of material if I wanted to use it. Yeah. And then just daily conversations with them because. Oh, yeah. Just the, all the stuff that's going on in the world today. Yeah. And then hearing their perspective because they're, they talk like adults. Yeah. Right. I talk to my kids like adults. And so hearing their take on a lot of stuff and what their teachers are telling them. Just it drives me up the wall, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm trying to, you know, talk to them. Oh, so you guys have like uh, opposed opinions on a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Because, uh. um, you know, my kids are more part of this. Uh, they're millennials. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're millennials. Or they're even less. They're, they're 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 whatever you call that, Gen Z or something. Yeah, they're uh, pond scum, I guess, is what you would call them. Yeah. You know, like the lowest level of, of human. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Well, they definitely, I don't think, and I worry about this with my kids, like, when so when we were coming up in in your act you touch on it even with your dad there which i was like oh wow that's so cool like you know we got my household got beatings too and um there were just expectations that were there on me at a young age that are not on my children yeah and so i worry about the inverse like our our parents generation probably damaged us a little bit by the over the over punishment over stimulation yeah like like yeah. beating on you or yeah. or yelling at you or t so that was probably oops on their end but i think on our end and you know some people will argue that the millennial and gen z is a uh, a, a result of this but we i think we're giving our kids too much they don't struggle that much yeah yeah and it's true and it's because we don't we don't want them to struggle we don't right? want them to struggle because yeah, right. we felt uncomfortable at one point so we go well let's not put that on but we're putting a different kind of discomfort on we don't know what that is yet yeah so you know f like when i was growing up if i wanted 
extra stuff besides the necessities of mm. like school clothes once a year and food. Yeah. Um, you had to, I had to work, you know, okay. full-time jobs, cut lawns, pull 16, weeds, whatever. Yeah. Paper routes. Yeah. yeah. My junior and senior year, I was working full-time in a metal shop, yeah. just grinding sheet metal. Yeah. You know, I would go right after school and work till one o'clock in the morning. So obviously I God don't damn, What year was that? That was a uh, ninety-five, ninety-six, and that was in um. You you were a, a sophomore, or I was a sophomore. I was a junior and senior. God damn, yeah, that work, is a working three to one o'clock in the morning. Jeez, yeah. But I liked money. Yeah, you know, I no, liked, I was the same way. I, I always had money a in my pocket. Yeah. I liked, you know, I had a car. You know, yep. I had a skateboarder. I played yep. drums. You know, I I wanted all that stuff. Yeah. My parents couldn't afford to give it to me, so I had to yeah. work. And so, I don't want my kids to have to do that. I want them to concentrate on school. Yeah, but. I'm not going to just give them stuff. Yeah. So they do a lot of chores. Okay. You know, they do a lot of chores. My son's basically in charge of all of outside. Now, once I taught him how to do like yard work. Yeah. And that's like a good pleasure for me. Okay. Is to like degrade him while he's doing yard work, <laughs> you know, like question his manhood on why he can't push the lawnmower fast enough and stuff, you know, like that's what I remember my dad doing to me. Yeah. You know, like call me a sissy and all this stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So I do it to him. Yeah. You know? and, and it's like the. It's male bonding. It is bonding. Its it is finest. It's it's riffing. You know? yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, and then my daughter, she has different chores, but she can get her gas money. Yeah. Because you know, I don't expect her to work, but she needs a car, she needs gas, but I do expect chores to be done. Yeah. And she's my on-call babysitter because not only do I have the seventeen and sixteen-year-old, uh-huh. I have a two-year-old. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So. Oh my head that's hurts. A whole that's a whole other area of comedy right there. Just oh in that yeah. Gap. But I have free babysitting. Yeah. So that helps. Yeah, no, babysitting is very costly. I'm I'm lucky too. I have in laws around that we can call on so we don't spend a lot. But um yeah, you know, mowing lawns, that was my gig, man. I would say from age maybe twelve up and until you could get the work permit at age fifteen, I was the guy just walking around knocking on people's door. You need your lawn cut, you need some weeds pulled, yeah. Try, trying to get money. But that was again, that was an expectation. It was like I think, you know what, my parents probably kicked me allowance every now and again, um, but mainly it was like, okay, we'll give you a little bit of money to get new jeans and new shirts at the beginning of the school year, yep. and then you're on the, on your own after that kid, and you get resourceful, and you know what, as a kid, you don't really, um, you, you don't really fail at those kind of things. No, you make you it figure work. it out, and it may be crude, and it may be ugly, um, but yeah, I just worry, even things like, I'm sure you had this too. Things like riding your bicycle around. You didn't ride around your neighborhood. You went fucking far. Oh, yeah. You would ride like 10 miles in a day to go just explore some neighborhood you didn't even know about or get to an open field or something. And now, and this is my fault. This is the parents' fault. Like my girls, I just tell them, just stay in the circle. Yeah. Stay in the court. And they don't go explore. And I used to, and I think about that like my parents. You know, I used to, when I was in seventh, eighth, ninth, all through high school, we would jump on the 68 bus from Gilroy. Okay. Right, the VTA. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we would ride it all the way to San Jose. Yeah. And then jump on a light rail. Yeah. And then go skateboard around downtown San Jose. That's right. I would not let my kids do that. Right. You know, like, it, it makes, it's scary to me. And you, you, know? were, you were in law enforcement, so you know horror stories. I know <laughs> so many horror stories, you know, yeah. and I think that... Being in law enforcement damaged me as far oh, as like had, it has my to. kids do stuff, you know, because I've seen way too many bad things happen to kids. But, yeah, you know, I do push my kids to go out and do stuff like, you know, like my son, he'll be like, hey, dad, we're going to go skate with my friends down at Target. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, fine. 
don't do nothing stupid. Yeah. And don't make it so the cops have to call me. Yeah. Because then I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Nice. Two rules. <laughs> that's good. You know, and my daughter, that's having a, a daughter that drives is, is scary all on its own. Oh, boy. I remember yeah. um, a couple of months ago, she drove for the first time to Santa Cruz at night to go to the Catalyst. Okay. So it, that's kind of like, it, it's, I get two feelings from that. One, I remember when I first did that. Yeah. So you're kind of like, oh, you know, that's cool. They're going to go see a concert at the Catalyst. Yeah, yeah. That's what I used to do when I was 16, 17. Yeah. And then two, that's my daughter out there. That's scary. You know, she's driving at 1 o'clock in the morning. She's at, she's at the Catalyst, you know, with around, you know, the, I mean, Santa Cruz, I think, is pretty harmless, but there are, there's, there's shitheads all over the place, no matter where you go. It doesn't matter. And so I must, you know, I'm telling her, don't do nothing stupid, don't yeah. drink, don't smoke, don't do nothing, you know, so that you're clear-headed. yeah. I've that's what's made me the most paranoid is my kids driving. Yeah. It's because when I was a when I was with the sheriff's office, I was a deputy coroner. Yeah. And so we have to go to all the car accidents. And you know, ain't nothing worse than going to a parent's house at two in the morning telling that their kids didn't make it home. You know what I mean? So So you had to do that before? Oh yeah, for years. That leaves a mark, right? Yeah. Holy shit. God damn. Yeah, that sucks. Is that one of the reasons why you're you're not in law enforcement anymore, no. right? Is that one of the reasons you got out or it was just kind of I can't so here's how I think with law enforcement. I really think, you know, I I I'm, this is just fucking opinions pulling out of my ass. I don't think a person should be subjected to a lifetime of law enforcement. Like if you go in, go in for your 10 years or your 15 years and get get a big chunk of money, but to put someone in for, you know, 40 years of their life, it seems like that's going to take an emotional or mental toll that might not be recoverable <laughs> yeah and it really just depends the type of person you are because oh I've that's true i've worked with people who were the laziest fucking cops in the world okay and they didn't do shit and nothing to drive around and oh yeah, yeah. And, and take reports yeah but you need those people right to take reports because <laughs> um, <laughs> i didn't want to do it yeah, yeah, yeah somebody like myself who's uh very competitive yeah very addictive personality i wanted to do every special assignment i could and so I did. I, I did everything from gang investigations to detective work to coroner work, okay. undercover narcotics, canine, uh, you know, SWAT team stuff. Okay. I mean, I did everything I could do. So I fit a 30-year career in a 10-year career. I get it. You know? And yeah. So it, yeah, it took its toll. You know, I started drinking too much. And yeah. Cost you marriages. And yeah. And all that. So I had to. It, it was time to. It was time to leave. Yeah. I look back at it now. Um, I should have been a fucking firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That does I, have I, good I, job I, satisfaction. I do love the fact that I did that. Plenty of fires. Yeah, so many fires. Uh, no, I I love the fact that I that I got to experience what I experienced. Yeah. I I would say. Fifty percent was good, mm -hmm. and fifty percent I wish I could erase it out of my mind. Oh yeah, you yeah. never can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rough. So wh while we're, I, I guess we're going to, you brought up so many points there that I want to touch on. It's all non-comedy related. Sorry, I go all over the place. No, no, that's exactly <laughs> what this is all about because I do the same thing. There's usually, excuse me, there's usually no um, outcome from these podcasts. <laughs> so I tried getting both my daughters for all the reasons you described, not the car crashed up, but just safety and um, you know, knowing that there's predators and assholes out there. I tried to get them into martial arts. Yeah. I think I made a mistake because I um 
I used to wrestle, and I did some martial arts a little bit after um, high school. But I never really got into it big time. And uh, lately, I've been hearing so much about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that it's the most effective way if you have to tussle and you're not necessarily a person who's always fighting. If you just need the movement and the awareness to get out of a bad tussle or situation, that's that's the best place to go. So I go, okay, I'll take the kids over to Brazilian jiu-jitsu class. And, but I didn't know they mixed the boys and the girls. So they were wrestling with boys and they did good. We went for a couple lessons and they played along, but then it came to a point where like, no, we're not doing it. And now they've associated martial arts with tussling, rolling around with the boys and they don't want to do that. Do you have any recommendation for getting young ones into martial arts? That's a practical self-defense because I don't think they want to do it as a hobby, but I, I just don't feel good sending women out into the world, not knowing how to somehow, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would, I would find like a uh, jujitsu is really good because yeah. most fights end up on the ground anyways. Okay, you know, and especially for girls, like a predatory guy, like situation. Guy, guy yeah. takes him down to yeah, the ground. Yeah. At least they know how to choke his ass out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when they get down on the ground, but you know, it, the the problem is that if it's a gym that doesn't have enough girls, yeah, they're gonna wrestle boys too. Yeah, so yeah. they're gonna grapple with boys. Um, but you know, I, I put my kids through when they were young. I uh, put them through kickboxing. Okay. Because that's what I do. Yeah. And uh, that was great. Okay. You know, kickboxing is really well. It teaches them to use their legs and their hands, you know, their knees. Okay. Their elbows. Yeah. It's uh, and it's great cardio for them. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, jujitsu is a little bit more methodic, mm-hmm. you know, as if uh, kickboxing is a little bit more explosive. Yeah. You know, get a little yeah. more fun out of it. It's an impact thing. It's an impact thing. Yeah. 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 And try that. I, I really should because the little one is always trying to punch me or sneak up and kick me. And, and like every time we get in a little like uh, shadow boxing and we kind of be tussling, I go, I'm putting you in martial arts because you <laughs> did another sneak attack. <laughs> she goes, no, no. One of you is going to have to go in martial <laughs> yeah, arts. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. So and then so what I, my kids, both my kids are wrestlers. OK. My daughter's a wrestler and then my son's a wrestler. OK. And she used to wrestle boys and girls in uh, junior high. But uh, in high school, they can only wrestle girls. Okay. And then my son's a wrestler, too. Yeah. And it's good. Like, I and know. And they just went, they just got into it because they wanted to get into it? Or were you kind of, you should do wrestling? I just want them to do something. Yeah. I don't care That's wh- how I am. what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean, I don't care if it's soccer or yeah. football or whatever you want to do. Just be active. Like, let's yeah. do something. I work out a lot. You know, I'm, I'm active. So I, I want my kids to be active. It's good release it's good for your brain it's good for your body you know yeah and so um my son started wrestling first and then my daughter saw him wrestle and she's like i want to try it and then they got hooked and that was when they were sixth or seventh grade nice and then they've been doing it since and then now my son i just transitioned him with me doing kickboxing again so he's okay okay nice that's really cool yeah um so i want to bounce this idea off you we were talking about the, the youth and millennials and whatever. I have another working theory. You know, you are, well, first off, I, I don't really like, I, I don't want to go, it, this sounds like, media are kind of, they're dipshits a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And they latch on to a very simplified um, talking point to a very nuanced subject. So my whole thing with millennials, although I do think, you know, myself, I'm guilty of spoiling children, and I think there's been a whole generation of kids who, um, who, uh, got a little too much coddling. But I think when when media is describing all these uh, flaws in millennials, yeah. they're actually just talking about youth. Right. 
You know, like a lot of this stuff. I go, well, th- I think what you're just explaining is a very normal way to behave when you're 20 years old. Yeah. You know, they'll say things like, oh, yeah, they don't like working the traditional work week. Yeah, no, duh. No one did when they were 20. I don't know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you don't know. Oh, they want more time to uh, work freely or work from home. Yeah, you, you're explaining someone who has a life and doesn't want to do things. So I kind of think there's a lot of hype. And there even, I saw a report the other day, it said something like, uh, oh, yeah, car sales and home sales by millennials are now going up. I said, yeah, of course they're going up because now they're getting married, they're having kids, and they're realizing, oh, you know what? I can't Uber everywhere. I need to go buy a car to run groceries, get the kids to soccer and everything else. So I kind of think, you know, in some ways, a lot of the shit talking that has been generated around millennials and even the ones under that is um, generalization of youth. Yeah, and I think part of it, it's not just that it's uh, the kids are worse. Yeah. It's just we see it more because of social media. Oh, that's that's another see, point we didn't have. back then, you didn't yeah. see it. You yeah. know what I mean? If if you had a, a crybaby-ass kid who was a sissy back yeah. in the day, um, you didn't see every single one of his posts Yeah, you know, on Facebook. You yeah. Know? And you didn't see, you know, girls' inspirational memes constantly 12 a day, you know, on Facebook and Instagram. But now you see it because they have this outlet to, like, yeah. to put their – dumb thoughts out there when you used to just say it to your friends or just don't say it at all you know you're just that weird kid who doesn't come out of his room yeah you know but i think so we're just we're overexposed in in all avenues we are you know so now it's just now it's the perfect time to judge everybody because yeah you know you know i i just went through this the other day with uh, a relative on facebook where i was going back and forth and i was like you know i'm getting ready to just delete everybody off my facebook sure because I don't care about everybody's political yeah. affiliation. Yeah. I don't want to know. No. You know? That's no. not what this was for. This was so I, I could post pictures once in a while of my kids. Yeah. Say something funny, and that's it. Yeah. But everybody f- feels that they have to, like, draw a line in the sand and take some type of stance. So, and I got to know where you stand on this, and you got to know where I stand on that when we don't have to. No, we don't. You used to be able to do that while you're having a beer or you're talking with people. And now you do it online it doesn't translate as well because it's like texting an argument with somebody. Yeah. You ever try to text your wife an argument? It doesn't translate as well because you don't know what each other are thinking. You know. I, I always say this. Unless you are a top writer, top writer, like uh, all-time Jack London-esque type writer, you don't know how to add nuance to writing, especially no. in 140 characters. You no. just can't do We aren't capable of it. And um, so my litmus test with social media, you know what it is? Is... I say, if this is not something I'm comfortable saying to a person cold, meaning yeah. cold, meaning I just walked up and said, hey, Johnny, how you doing? Like this handshake, and then I make a statement. Yeah. If I can't do that in real life, then don't do it in social media. Yeah. Which basically eliminates about 99% of the quick quips that come to my mind when I look at the feed, and I go, I could say this, and then I go, but I would never say that cold. Yeah. To someone, I would like you said, if I'm three beers in with Johnny and I want to make a comment about this, that, or the other, then I probably would make it. Yeah. But if it's my first thing that I say to him, uh, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go well. Yeah. It's not gonna set the the vibe the way we want to set. So I don't post it. So I actually mostly the only thing I do is I use the like button. But the like button can kind of fuck you up. You know why? Yeah. Because people post their tragedies too, yeah, and they can be like, "Oh, I lost my father, and I'm really missing." Them. Yeah, like, how do you like that? I, I don't like it, but then I go, I, w- "I support you," but clicking this thumbs up feels really, 
wrong right now. I should not be yeah. keep clicking a thumbs up to a loss in your in your family or, or whatever. Yeah, and for me, it's just like, you know, I, I get it. They want to put it out there that something bad happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to see it. You know what I mean? Like, if we're not yeah. close enough for you to call me and tell me that that happened. Exactly. Then don't put it on there. Yeah. You know? it, And that's part of, like, what I see on, on social media that, that just gets on my nerves. Sometimes I'll take, like, a week off where I just don't even Yeah, I do the it, same you know, thing. Because yeah. I get people who just put up, like, stories in their life about something that happened. I can't tell if it's a joke or if they're telling a fucking story. And it's like, dude, like, stop. Yeah. Like, stop. You know, get it. Your life's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Fix it. Yeah. You know, if you can't control the wheel of your car, you know, don't call me to tell me that you're about to crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab the wheel. Fix it. Right. You know, and I see, so I see a lot of that. Yeah. And, and you're right about, you know, people's writing. People can't write well. No, they can't. And it doesn't translate well. Even if you're a great writer, it doesn't yeah. translate well. And I attribute that back to, like, law enforcement. You know, we would write reports on an event that occurred. He yeah. said this. She said that. You know, what, when, where, why, and how. Okay. But then you still have to go to court to testify so that they can hear it come out of your voice. Right. Because right? you need to place that person there. You need a witness. Yeah. You need those people still to get up there and to say it. You know, because if all you have is the it word. It fills in all the uh, gaps. It fills in the gaps, yeah. and then it lets you know the actual men mental state yeah. of people when they were saying something. Yeah. The flexion in their voice, you know. And I think, like... <laughs> I, I I always say that like you know when I you go with your with your girlfriend or something like that and you kind of text something and they're like what do you mean by that you're like I didn't mean anything by it yeah yeah it's because you're texting yeah yeah there's no you can't tell you can't gauge somebody's emotion in it right you know so I, I usually I respond with memes gifs and <laughs> I'm a big time meme guy yeah I'm I a, love I love gifs yeah yeah I'm a gifter man I yeah I love little small animated things and if you can't figure out my mood by that then yeah. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> then let's just wait to have a conversation. See, I'm kind of lucky. I, I think, was texting around when I first started dating my wife? So I've been with my wife now 17 years. So I don't think I ever did the dating and texting. Certainly we had the pagers in the 90s, uh, the the go-to-bed, yeah. and then the 143. 143, 911, asshole. Yeah, we had all <laughs> of that stuff. And I think we would speak code to, you know, women I was either uh, entangled with or pursuing so I, I think I had that, but I never had the text. But here's how I roll with it with my wife is we're it's literally um, like a 100 percent itemized conversation, meaning like, oh, are you swinging by the grocery later? Yes. Can you pick up romaine lettuce? Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Keep like that's the, oh, that's the only thing. But if there's ever a thought on my mind like, um, oh, it bothered me the other day, like I would never. Yeah. This is not how, and if if I ever feel that she's coming at me a certain way, I won't even send a gift. I won't. I'll just be like, we will see each other later, and then that's when we can hash it yeah, out. I can't imagine trying to do anything, um, you know, especially for me. I I think if I tried to communicate with women just through texts or posts or anything like that, I would be, I, it would go nowhere. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to date that way. Yeah. You know, trying it's to date that way now. You know, and I, like now my kids. They text everything. Oh, yeah. You know, if I call them, they're like, what happened? Yeah. You know, why are you calling Who me? died? Yeah. I'm calling, I want to oh. hear your voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I can yell at you. So you yeah, can yeah. Hear, <laughs> you can hear my fucking tone, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like my kids, they text everything. They want to have full conversations on, on text message. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to the comedy stuff, 
Where all are you performing these days? Um, like, do you have a busy schedule? Are you are you hitting up you know more than three mics or showcases combined per week? Or no, no, no. Okay. I. That's my, that's my my kind of like my downfall is that I'm so busy. Yeah. That I don't have time to hit up open mics. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I do get the time. And and I'm, I'm able to pull away from life or get a sitter or something like that. I will go to, you know, I'll go to Woodham's or or, mm-hmm. or something like that to try to jump on and and say some stuff. Um, if Pete has you know the show in in Hollister, I'll try to jump on it just to yeah. try to work out some new stuff. But pretty much go from showcase to showcase, okay, and just hope for the fucking best. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, sometimes you know. I'll my schedule fluctuates. I'll sometimes I'll just I'll be stacked up to where I'll have a show or two shows every weekend, and then yeah. sometimes you know it'll be uh, a couple weeks off. Okay, and then I'll just use that to kind of write. Yeah, you know, collect my thoughts. And stuff. Okay, I try to write one joke a week. Nice. Um, That's I was going to get to that question. What's your process in developing an act or jokes or whatever? Are you uh, are you a writer? You just think or I'm a bullet pointer. Yeah. So okay, you know, I, everything happens. If something catches my eye, like, oh, you know, I'd like to work that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a funny situation. Yeah. Um, I'll just put the bullet point in my phone. Yeah. In my notes. And then uh, and then I'll just work it out later on, on stage. Yeah. I, I can't I can't physically write the stuff down. Okay. Because then, it, for me, it seems uh, disgenuine. You know, it feels like I'm, feels like I'm writing out an act. I and I don't like that. I like to feel like I'm conversing with people you know and um, i've tried it i've tried both processes and uh, this one seems to work best for me i've found uh my limited experience that there's a lot of truth to what you said because i'm again a a little a compulsive personality so i'll just write i'll just write literally word for word this is what i want to say tonight but what i found is if i stick to a script 100 percent, it usually never goes well however if there's something something I could quip on or something that I could I, I observe that's going around and then I throw that in and then I come back to a rough framework of what I wanted to say. Usually things go better. It's like texting a story to somebody. Oh, here we go. They're not going to see the flexion in or hear the flexion in your yes. voice. They're not going to feel that emotion because, you know, if, if you write something down, Usually what, you know, when you go to college and stuff like that, yeah. the reason why you write notes and stuff like that, because it makes you remember. Yeah. Especially writing with ha- handwritten. Handwritten. Yeah. Right? There's hand a connection. Yeah. If you're writing stuff down, um, you remember it. Yeah. And if, for me, if I do that, I'm going to r- say it like I wrote it. And yeah. Sometimes that doesn't translate well. Right. You know, sometimes I just need to say it as it's processing in my head. Right. It'll be better. Yeah. As it, if, if I can just let it unfold. Plus, like you said, you come from a background of fast talkers. So your household had people constantly, pa 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 and then as a, as law enforcement, I'm sure you guys are always just like trying to roast each other. Oh, or fucking constantly. John. And working undercover yeah. was, the whole thing is improvisation. Yes. You know, to get, your, interesting. get yourself into shit, yeah. get yourself out of shit. Yeah. You know, that's how I learned how to talk. Is, uh, you know, the, you develop the gift of gab. Yeah. Right? It's, how can I get into this guy's car or how can I get into his life where he'll sell me some shit? Oh, dude. And how can I get out of trouble because he doesn't believe me and he thinks I'm a cop and now he wants to shoot me. Yeah. So you got to dance. It's a fine dance. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. I guess that's kind of like where I picked up a lot of it. No, I think that's good. And I need to go that way more. And I, I think what I do, I'm my fault right now is kind of over planning. But another another one of my problems is stage time is so precious. I want to go in there thinking I've got I've got a game plan. Yeah, and I want to stick to to yeah. this game plan because it's like I'm getting five minutes here, five minutes there. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat as you. You got you got young kids, and it's like this is this is time away, and I I, I need to make it count. So I try to go in with a you know a really thing. But I think sometimes I just go up there and I just say some random shit and like oh that that went well and that had nothing to do. With what you were talking, with what's your plan, right? You with the plan, you went yeah. away from the plan. You know, it's like, it's like taking a back road and then seeing something be- way better than the route that Google Maps told you to take. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's right. I, it is. It's hard because time is precious, mm-hmm. and and for me, um, my my jokes are a little bit long, mm-hmm. right? So, I do better at thirty than I do at five. I wanted I to ask you about that. How did you develop into, because you had a pretty long set, and I'm wondering, how did you make that jump from five? Because I did 15 the other day, and it was awful. It was fucking awful. So I don't know how I'm going to make that jump, because most of my opportunities are these five-minute blocks. Yeah. How did you jump up to the longer time? Uh, I just, I asked somebody at one time, uh, Jason Rogers from uh, American New Comedy. Okay. I said, hey, can, it, can, I, can I headline a show, dude? He's like, do you think you could do 30 minutes? I'm like, yeah. And so I did it, and it felt great. I felt like nice. I felt like I could stretch my legs out yeah. and take my time and really, like, just power through the joke, you know, power through what okay. the, the point I was trying to make. And so I feel more comfortable with that. Okay. If I can do 30 to 40 minutes, 45 minutes, great. I would, f- I would love that. I would love it if everything was that time. It's not, you know, yeah, I mean, you yeah. got to do your five, you got to do your 10, your 15. Yeah. Um, I did a winery gig about a month ago and I did it. That was my first hour. Okay. So I did one hour and. And you're three years, three years, four, four years in? Three years in. Three years in? Yeah. And so damn, good I was you. like, okay, can I do an hour? Yeah. Right? I figure I have about 45 minutes worth of material. I can do crowd work for 15 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be no problem. And so I always set the timer on my watch. Okay. Right? My smart watch. Yeah. And that way I know how much time I have. Okay. And so I was a half hour in. I took a look at my watch, and I saw that I had 30 minutes left, uh-huh. which is perfect. Right. I had plenty of material, and the crowd was doing great. But when I turned my watch over and I went to flip it back, I accidentally stopped my timer. Oh, no. And so now I'm doing my jokes. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm about three whiskeys in, you know, I'm feeling great. The yeah. crowd's fucking loving it. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, I've been up here a long time. Yeah. I need to check my watch again. I look and it's off. Uh Oh, and I was like, fuck. Yeah. I don't know if I'm under because you want to do at least an hour because that's what they paid you to do. Yes. And I don't know if I'm over when I'm cutting into the DJ's time because he's supposed to play music for, you know, another hour. No one else is watching your time. either. Nobody's watching my time because it's all I didn't have no I didn't take an opener or nothing. It's just. Me oh and the crowd, boy. you know, 200 yeah. people. So I was like, I have about 15 minutes worth of jokes left. Okay. I'm just going to do the 15 minutes left. Yeah. And then end strong, and then we'll see where we're at. Yeah. So I did it, finished. I went on at 8 o'clock. I walked off there at 9.30. Wow. An hour and a half. You were So you were in a time warp. I was in a time warp. It just went that fast. Holy smokes. Yeah. So at least I know I could do 90 minutes. 
That's amazing. But three years in, 90 minutes. Let me ask you this. This is another thing that I struggle with. If you get longer blocks of time, it's perfectly natural and almost, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Sh- I don't know shit. But you get those longer stretches of people just sitting there like this low. Like, it's not that they're, it's not that they're bored. Right. And it's not that they're um, not into what you're saying, but it feels like, okay, so they've been, they've had this look for the last 30 or 40 seconds. Am I doing my job? How do you get past that? Has that ever bothered you? Is, is this me? Am I the only one? No, I mean, it does because sometimes I, I tell stories. Yeah. Stories take minutes. Right. You know, some of my stories, some of I have some jokes that I tell when I have longer blocks of time that it's a five minute to 10 minute journey, depending on how we, how me and the crowd do. Yeah. You know, and there are, t- there are points where it's completely fucking silent. Right. You know, that unnerves me a little bit still. But you have to know that they're listening. Yeah. As long as they're not talking with each other. Yeah. Nobody's pulling out a phone. Right. Then, then you're still good. They're engaged. They want to okay. know what's next. What is he going to say next? Where's the story going? Or they're, or they're picturing it in their head. If you yeah. can build a picture, and they're just sitting there thinking, they're just, they're they're in the moment with you. The same yeah. thing that's going inside your mind as right. you're telling it, they're on that same journey with you. Yeah, you know. And so that's how I I see it now. Okay. It used to make me uncomfortable. Yeah. And I used to be like, fuck, I should say something funny. Yeah, right that's now, how I right? am. And it then you run, you pressure it. Yeah, or you, you pressure it. And yeah. Up, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, dude, I know exactly. Trying to what say you're something about. that you know everybody will like. You're like. Balls, yeah, you know, yeah. like just throw something random, some <laughs> low-hanging fruit that everybody will laugh at, you know, something real yeah, hacky. Yeah. But I just try to trust the process. Okay. You know, and I'm only three years in. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. You know, somebody's going to listen to this and be like, that guy's an idiot. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. But it works for me. Well, and the good news is no one will be listening to this. <laughs> so. Perfect. <laughs> We're all right. <laughs> this is more, this is Matthew's trap to get to talk with people he wants to talk with for 45 minutes. Awesome, dude. <laughs> Could have did it in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could have. <laughs> we didn't have to go through all of this. No, so that's, you know, I, I feel I honestly do feel better doing thirty than I do doing five. Okay. Or four. You know, I've done like comedy competitions where you get like four minutes. Yeah. yeah. I'm God like, damn. what the fuck am I gonna say for four minutes? Contorted in a little box. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. You know, I don't. I, I have to like. Then I have to try to write something. Yes. You know. And, and I think at that's, that point, that's out of my element. Yeah, that's out of my element. Yeah, if you need somebody to talk for a half hour, forty minutes, or an hour, I'm your guy. Give me the call. Call me up. Yeah, I'll talk people's fucking ear off. Yeah, I'll yeah. Tell them stories. I'll make them feel weird. But if you want me to just say a bunch of punchy shit, yeah, you know, for four minutes, I'm not going to do so well. Okay. You know. Yeah, the punchy s- shit does dissolve really quick. It's like a. Pss- pss- then I need another. Where's a story you can kind of just let's take a ride, let's go on a journey here. Yeah, I feel like I have to like chop up my jokes. Yeah, you know, which I can because yeah. I've done it. I've done comedy competitions and I've done you know small sets and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've gone to you know L.A. to do you know four minutes at you know Haha ha Club or okay, you know, go go to these bigger clubs just to get get on. How do you get in at those those places? Just ask people. You got to ask people? Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, the first, I performed at the Improv uh, in October. Okay. And I just started doing it in Octo- in August. Okay. Doing comedy. God damn. And the, o- the only way that I got on stage was uh, 
you know, they, I would always read, you know, you go online, you're like, how do I perform here? You know, all yeah. the shit when you're brand new, you start looking on, yeah, yeah. on Google to how to be a comic. And, um, you know, they say you have to like get on stage, you have to know people, you have to uh, try out, you have to go yeah. to open mics and stuff like that. I'm a very impatient person as well. Right. And so I'm like, I wanted to go on the improv. That's my goal. That was my okay. goal. Be on stage at the improv. I've been there hundred times seeing right. comics. So I found an email address on Google for the general manager. And so I emailed him. And I said, hey, I'd like to get on stage and get some time. And he goes, uh, oh, okay. Um, why don't you come down on this date and, uh, you know, we'll give you a few minutes. And I was like, okay. So I went over there and uh, <laughs> I, I told a bunch of my friends. They all showed up. I got like seven minutes, you know. Wow. And so One month in. Yeah, it was like a month at and improv half at the improv. Good yeah, for you. So I went on stage, uh, told like three or four jokes or something like that. Yeah. People laughed. Yeah, and uh, the owner, uh, the the manager, calls me off. His name is Human. Okay, calls me outside after, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I got some pointers for you." He's like, "A couple of things I wanted to talk to you about." He's like, "You you uh, you seem uncomfortable. You know, you're yeah. you seem to be stuck on the cord. You know, a couple of times I almost tripped on the cord. Okay, you know, walking yeah. around. Well, yeah, because." I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason I should be up at the improv, you know, yeah, on yeah, the stage. Yeah. And because uh, he didn't need a he didn't need a booking reel, anything. He just he didn't, he's just like, come on over. So oh then damn. he goes, uh, you know, your jokes are funny, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, you can use some work and stuff like that. He goes, So how long you been doing this? And I said, uh, August. And he says, August of what year? I said, August of a month and a half ago. <laughs> and he got so mad at me. He was like, What the fuck are you doing here? I was like, I emailed you. You told me to come down. He goes, listen, asshole. He, goes, he called you asshole. Oh, yeah. He was fucking mad. He's like, this place is for comics that have been doing comedy for like five years and over. He's like, how dare you email me? I'm like, how, how dare you fucking answer it? Yeah. You know, don't get mad at me. because He did zero due diligence. Yeah. He just got what he got. He got what he got. Dude. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? He goes, you slipped one plastic goalie. I was like, cool. And he's like. It won't ever happen again. I just want to let you know that. Oh, okay. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And he's like, I said, so how do I keep coming back here now? Nice. And he's like, who the fuck do you think you are? I'm like, <laughs> I just explained to you. I just told you, man. <laughs> and he's like, you got to talk to these guys that are performing. Yeah. And see if they'll invite you back. Yeah. You know, he goes, but. Because uh, in a normal situation, it would be the person who's coming to the improv who selects the people that right. get to open. Right. But in this case. He just, for some reason, took ownership of that process and yeah, put you up he there. he just decided to give me seven minutes. Okay. So then uh, one of the comics that That's I've what you call beginner's luck right be there. Way beginner's luck. That's yeah. what you call just a shot in the dark. Yeah. And I hit something. Yeah. You know? And so uh, I one of the comics that was there that night yeah. liked me, Phil Medina, and then he invited me to another show, and then, nice. then it just unfolded. Yeah. You know, it yeah. unfolded to, to where I can go there on a regular with a handful of comics. Okay. You know, that are, are really cool and really supportive, you know. And so, yeah, I like the direct route. Yeah. You know, if I have a question, I'm just going to ask people. You know, I'm not yeah. shy when it comes to asking people questions. Yeah. Um, and I'm very direct. Sometimes people think I'm abrasive or I'm a dick. Yeah. It's not. It's just I want the answer right yeah. now. And I, and I want to know that, you know. And so that's how I've gotten at other clubs. Were you always that way, even as a kid? Or is yeah. it something that you developed? Okay. Yeah, I think a little bit as a kid. Uh. More so, I think I gained that from law enforcement. Okay. Because you have to be assertive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to get the information that you want. You know, people don't want to give it to you. 
you're ultimately you are the final authority when you're law enforcement. Correct. So you need to have all the information you could possibly have. Right. Yeah. And and so when I've gotten at clubs that like in LA or like Ha Ha or something like that, I just I'll go to the manager. I'm like, hey man, can I get a spot? And they're like, who are you? I'm like, I'm from Northern California. I'm a comic. And they're like, uh, <laughs> all right, I guess we. They don't say no. <laughs> they don't say no. <laughs> they say no to me. Yeah. You know? But. So the pressure's on me then to yeah, 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 yeah. make sure that when I do get that spot that I perform well. Yeah. Which I try to do my best every single time I go up, you know, right. try to make sure that I deliver. Yeah. And so far, most of the time I do okay. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, and yeah. have you been back to improv or no? Yeah, I've been to improv uh, quite a bit. You know, nice. I think I'll be you back. You see that guy there? I'll be the back there. G- in general uh, manager? Do you, t- do you talk with him anymore or no? He he doesn't work there no more. Oh, okay. Um, but um, I've I'd had conversations with him. We actually built a good, pretty good relationship. Oh, okay, nice. He would, he would have comics come to Google, and I would take them around Google and show oh them around and stuff nice. like that. And then now, uh, Dave Williams is the um, general manager. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm cool with him. Nice. You know, so I, yeah, like I said, I, I still keep in good contact with a handful of comics that are perform there regularly. Okay. And then so I, I can get on spots with them and stuff like that. You know. Nice, nice. Yeah. So I, I'm, I think I've taken you longer than I, I booked you for, and I want to be conscious of your time, but I do have one other question I want to throw your way. I do this thing now where I go around to comics, and I, d- I have a question of the week, and this week's question, if you could chime in for me, would be great. Uh, what's worse, being heckled or bombing? For me, bombing. I don't – I actually like being heckled. Yeah, I, I know that about you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's actually that's your that is your gig, I think. Yeah, I fucking love it. Yeah, like, it's just material. the The universe is just providing me material right now, right? Yeah, give me that drunk guy that won't shut the fuck up. Yeah, please, you know, or that group of people at the table who are talking, or yeah, the lady who feels like she has to answer you directly because you're only talking to her, you know, or uh, finish your punchlines. Yeah, that heckler. Oh God, like that's great, you know. Um, yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna focus everything. Well, I'll put all my stuff to the side, and we're yeah. gonna focus everything on you. Yeah, you know? but I also don't mind bombing either. Yeah, because I do like the challenge of trying to dig myself out of a huge okay. hole. Yeah, you know, I, I I really do like that. That's why if I'm gonna try new jokes, I I always try them at the beginning of my set, mm. and if they if they're just if they're shit, yeah, you know, then I try to just bring myself out of it. You know, yeah, yeah. drudge through the through the through the the dead bodies that were my You're jokes. in rescue mode. Yeah. Playing firefighter running into the burning house. It's fight or flight. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because you want to like I just want to walk off the stage right now. Yeah. Nobody's laughing. I finally got over the hurdle. You, so what you answered is pr- I think everyone has answered one person has gone against the green but everyone says bombing's worse than heckling because everyone has the same sentiment that a heckle could turn into a golden moment. And I always think back to this um this classic clip from Bill Burr where he was in Philadelphia and the crowd was just heckling everyone. And it's it literally turns into like, I think it's seven minutes of him. Oh, when he's in Philadelphia. Yes. That's the best clip ever. It is. So good. And so that's one of those things where um, none of it is his material, yet it's probably one of the all-time great comedy moments on recorded film. 
Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because I've watched. So I'm I'm a big. I like going back. I like. Uh, and when I say going back, I mean I like Dangerfield. Yeah. I like Steve Martin. I like a lot of stuff that people these days would be like, you know, oh, you know, they would say that's not. It's not. It didn't stand the test of time. But I watch it. And it's fucking funny. But one other video that I watch, and I probably watched it at least six times by now, is that video of him giving it to the crowd. And every time I'm watching it, I laugh just as much as the first time I saw it. Yeah. And I also think this is fucking genius what's happening right here. Yeah. I mean, he's going to go down. I'm not saying it made it the career. He's he's battled for everything he has, I'm sure. But, you know, he's going to be remembered for that seven minutes probably more than the majority of the rest of his work. Philadelphia will definitely remember him because he yes. literally ripped that whole city. Yes. And everything that they stood for. Yes. I mean, he just took down their sports teams. He took down the movies. He took down their it idols. He yeah. took down everything. Like monuments that they had there, like dismantled them piece by piece. Yeah, and broke them down. Yeah, and did it. it took his full time. Yeah, I think he had like fifteen minutes. And he's yeah, like, maybe it was fifteen he's minutes. Like, and I'm gonna do all. That's right. He did the minutes. countdown. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He started counting. Eleven down. minutes. That's right. You know, that to <laughs> me, that's like that's the best. You know, if oh like man. if you could do that, yeah, he, he should have felt great coming off that stage. And yeah. I know that there was a lot of emotion to it. Yeah, because of like what what had happened prior. But um, yeah, that was. Probably one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, and that's how I I feel getting heckled. Yeah, when people heckle me. Like it's gonna be a magic moment, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna try to hurt your feelings. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna try. Yeah, and I'm gonna do my best. And and, and I'm, I'm pretty pr- confident. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> fucking good at it. You know, um, nice. I just that's my niche. You know, yeah. it's one of those things I I can just do. You know. Yeah. But that's what I'm used to. Me and my friends, we get together. Yeah. It's a shit talking. Yeah. Festival. Right. You know, and people get their feelings hurt. And yeah. It's it's fun. You know. Yeah. So we're what kind of you got any shows you want to promote? Um, I'm trying to think what I have. Um, I'm actually I'll be in. Uh, Baker's I'll be performing in Bakersfield for the first time, uh, December sixth okay. with uh, We Own the Laughs. Okay. At. Uh, Beacon Studios, and then end of December, I'll be at uh, either the Improv or Sacramento Punchline, maybe both. I'm not sure. Okay. With uh, Rivas Dunlap, um, and then yeah, and then whatever else I can squeeze on before then. You know, nice. I try to. Right now is usually like my slow time because I'm busy with holiday stuff and yeah. kids and stuff like that. But uh, their shows, I'll I'll jump on them. Right on. Well, Johnny, this has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for joining me absolutely thank you for uh, having me on yeah yeah we'll have to do this again sometime soon cool dude all right